Hey there, guys. So thanks so much for joining us. Please be sure to subscribe on the listening platform you are on right now if you love this episode. And be sure to follow me at on any of my social media platforms at gift to shift You can check me out at gift2shift.com. And leave me a note and a message. Let me know if you listened and what you love the most and maybe an aha moment that you had or something that really resonated with you. Today, we are talking about the two Ps, pandemic and parenting. Oh my gosh, it's no joke. I mean, how are you? Really, how are you doing? What are you doing? You know, for me, it's pretty intense on some days and sometimes most days. Nothing in particular, just an intensity. There's just a lot of energy. And so I'm grateful that I'm having this conversation with Marie. Today, I'm speaking with Marie Stamps, and she's here from Stamp of Approval Services. And if you don't know who she is, you need to get to know her because she is a parenting expert. And her group, which I just joined, was really like a breeze. It was like a cool breeze of fresh air because I was connecting with other moms and she does an excellent job at providing a judgment-free space. And that's exactly what we need right now. No judgment, right? I cannot wait to have her back. But in the meantime, please be sure to grab her show notes at the end. You and I are actually raising the next generation. The responsibility is huge, but it really first starts with us. So the question really is, how do we parent intentionally? How do we build relationships with our kids that are grounded in the truth of who we are and not the truth that we're so tired and exhausted? Marie really has some great tips and she breaks it down and I'm so grateful. So let's listen in. So I'm glad that I was not, a, my fear didn't create this new story to make her afraid. Oh, so I, oh, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So, because it could have, I was like, what? Oh, sure. Yeah. And then she, she's double majoring in journalism and everyone is like, oh, that's great. And I'm like, it's fine if that's what she wants to do. But yeah, to me, I, I'm just grateful that my story that I've woven is not a threat in her story. This fear. You better talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's so true. What, you know, I I think most of the time it's, it's so much about disconnecting from what is from others and what has been imprinted upon us versus what is ours. Right. You know, and that's so key. I love that nugget of like, I'm so happy that is not a part of her woven story. That's so beautifully. Yeah, well, my mother's was, you know, like her fears, you know, I, I used to think, you know, what a strong woman to come from Haiti and like get, she left everything to come here. Right. Yeah. But she still had like this fear attached to her mm. of everything. So she didn't like really live out her dream to, you know, she was an educator in Haiti. She came here and then she was like, I'll be a nurse's aide or I'll be a maid. And I'm grateful for everything that she had done, you know, but a lot of her fears of everything made me fearful. So I always wanted to be safe and I never lived in spirit. Mm. Um, never lived until now. In, until, now. until now. And even now it's hard to do, but I'm getting more comfortable doing it. But I said to myself, you know, I don't want to do that. My story is not anyone else's, but mine. 
And um, as parents, a lot of times we, we take on our parents' stories and then like we weave these little threads together and we yeah. make it a comfy blanket. And yeah, I live in fear. That's my story. And that's not really my story. And, um, you know, my husband, who has been a crucial part in helping me to be okay with who Marie is, isn't it time to take off this nasty, stinky, heavy blanket that other people have woven? You know, he said, you're, you're good at talking to other people about this. Why not set like that blanket on fire? You what? know, and yeah, he said, set that blanket on fire. You're looking for light. That's your light. And I thought that that was so rich. So now I'm like, to, every time like those little threads start to connect again, I say, no, set it on fire. I love it. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I don't need to be Jacqueline Joseph. I'm grateful for every single thing she did to get me to where I am now. And Jacqueline is your mom's name. That's my mom. She passed away eight years now. Yeah, eight years now. And, you know, like we didn't have a great relationship until she was dying. And I don't want to wait till I'm dying to be okay with who I am and have a relationship with my children. So, you know, that's that's such a beautiful story. That's just a beautiful story. I mean, it is, first of all, kudos to mark who's <laughs> like yeah right those men they drop it sometimes and you're just like oh yes that's so good you know and it, maybe at the time it's not it's so powerful yeah it, there's work behind it you know so i like to use the word work now for my own internal work that i have to do and choices for things that i have to do outside of me because the internal work that sparks that thought that's not your blanket, baby. That's mama's blanket, right? And that's what you have to now start weaving your own blanket, mm. right? And so, which is sometimes hard. It's sometimes hard, but you know, previous thoughts and belief systems that have been imprinted on us are not, we don't show up, we don't carry generational stuff, is basically right. what ends up happening. There's a cut, there's a disconnect that needs to happen between the next generations of all the things that are not serving us. Right. And allow them to figure out what it is that serves them and what's important to them. You know, and that's one of the biggest things because I too, you know, my kids are seven. Your babies are a little older, but the reality is, is that every single day I have to ask myself the question, what am I teaching them? Is this my issue or is this their issue? This fear. And I see it come out and I'm just like, oh, geez, you know, my husband and I joke all the time. We're like, well, listen, they're going to have to go to therapy anyway. <laughs> like every I think that all the time. Like, OK, I'll pay for your therapist <laughs> <laughs> to go to therapy anyway. So, uh, you know, we're trying to clean our stuff up, you know, that I mean that we've been very intentional about that as older Mm. parents, you know, my husband and I both quote unquote, whatever that means. But, you know, from a societal perspective, we didn't have the society story, not not society story. story. Right, exactly. But, you know, we've been really intentional about how we're showing up for ourselves so that, you know, they don't carry the crap that we have you know, that they really find ways and coping strategies to be able to support themselves 
in their journey because they'll have some stuff come up that they'll have Mm -hmm. to deal with and then just giving them tools like that and so I'm so grateful for that analogy because that's so key and so how do we as parents particularly now right because this pandemic has changed so much about how we are connecting and not only to ourselves with ourselves in this environment but there's so much fear out there. And so my kids are saying, you know, once the vaccine comes out, you know, they know about the vaccine, they mm-hmm. know about, you know, wanting to go out and play with their friends again and be with their families, you know, they had to spend Christmas and their birthday, basically just the four of us, which is fine. Yeah. And it's okay. And I think that it's teaching them resilience for sure. But how do we as parents now that we spoke about kind of cutting the cord, so to speak, from our ancestors and our that generational stuff how do we now in the midst of it because we have a chance right now right i think 20 and 2021 give us some breathing room it may not seem like that right now but i feel like we're in the breath we're in the Uh of the work at hand and it gives us an opportunity to really do the work that we need to do internally to heal up and to create a new generation of how yeah things are, you know, people are looking at situations. So how do we in the midst of this fear, how do we come together as parents? Or how do we come together with our for our children to show up in our most authentic self when there's so much fear around us? That's a loaded question. But um, one of the things like, you know, a lot of people, I often say, if you did not come out change from 2020, how disrespectful to like all the deaths and all the tragedy this is the period, like, we haven't had a period to like sit and like really reflect and do something. And and I'm not talking about like, okay, like, let's do a journal, which is great. But like, sit inside of yourself and like, let's really figure this out. It's often painful. But as a parent coach, what I say to parents is I work on relationships, relationships with your children. But before you get there, you got to work on the relationship with yourself. You identify like these threads that you have to cut for sure. But what is it that, what's my deepest desire? Mm -hmm. Because if I'm not living my most authentic self, there is no way I can be in relationship with you. I don't trust myself. I don't love myself. So that's key. But I think, you know, you said you, you and your hubby, Walter, are really intentional. I think that parenting is often, it just happens. You know, like we're parents, here we are. Um, let's just do it. And we don't often kind of think about like, this is the most important like role outside of myself. You know, your most important role is with yourself, but outside of yourself, that will affect like humanity. And that sounds like heavy, but it really is. It's that important. We're I believe that I believe that 100% that we are, Yeah, we're the torch carriers. Like we yeah. are the ones that are, need to show up. And, you know, when I originally started the podcast, it was about, you know, uncovering the process to change and to shift and to pivot. Yeah. Like what I love the name, by the way, I Thank love you it so much. I, I might get a tattoo of that. Yes, like, you can. Yes yes, yes. yes. But, you know, it was all this sense of like, everybody's like, okay, you got to change. I got to change. I got to do this. I got to, you know, change to do this and change to look this way or change to get this degree or do this or whatever. Right. 
but there's a deeper kind of conversation about what that change actually looks like. And I think it's that sometimes it sets people up was like, okay, I see this person, I see this situation, I see the experience, I want to be able to be like that. Okay, I got to change. And now you're like stuck. Like, what does that mean? What does change mean? So that was the first three months. And then, you know, in January, I decided to shift it to really focus on women and to focus on mothers and elders in our community, uh, particularly because of this, what you just said, which is that we, not to exclude dads in this conversation today, but for the most part, the mothers and the matriarchs of the family are really the bearers of the future. Like we are birthing the future, whether we want to accept that or not. Like, you know, not only do we carry the future within our wombs, they, those boys are like, Mm. You know, they are like white on rice on their mamas, you know, and the girls are like looking up and wanting to be exactly like their mamas, you know, and so that's just from my experience. But, you know, it's so crucial. We have so much to share and to give, yet we have to be very intentional, I believe, you know, I don't want to say it's so strong that we have to be so intentional, but there is a part that, you know, Mm -hmm. we signed up for when we made that decision, you know, and absolutely, you know, um, so I'm grateful for that comment that you said. And I think, you know, I'm not like a preachy person, like you have to, right? but if you call yourself like mother, right, you have no choice, but to be a purposeful parent. You know, I think about this all the time. What do I want to get out of this interaction? You know, so sometimes it's like, I just want you to clean your room, but no, let's go deeper. Like, why do I need you to clean your room? You know, it's not really bothering me. Why do I need you to clean it? Because I want you to have an organized, you know, we have to go deeper with our layers in terms of what we're doing so that, so that when we are talking, you know, like a lot of parents, they come to me because they're like, I'm screaming at my kid all the time. Why are you screaming? It's all fear. It's all fear. And it is like, I'm afraid you're not, I know about it. You know, I, I can snap in a minute, by the way. But it is, where am I? And if we are really focused on intentional parenting, right, purposeful parenting, we're saying to ourselves, actually, from this interaction, I don't want you to leave feeling like I'm disappointed. I want you to leave this interaction knowing that I know you can do it. Two different kind of outcomes where I know that as a child, I was hit with a lot of I felt, whether it was sure, not like she's disappointed, she's angry, where I really try to, to in an interaction saying, I might be disappointed, but it's because I know you can do it. And I want you to be successful. I don't have a problem saying to my children, like, I'm scared for you that if you, you know, you are hanging out with these kids, like this is going to happen. I'm scared. Not because I'm like super angry with you, but you are my heart. Like I want the, I wake up every morning thinking, how can I make your day better so that you have a more fulfilled day. That's very different from like, I got to go to work and I got to get the food on the table. So this idea of intentional and purposeful parenting, most of us did not grow up with it. That's right. It's a Um, learning We have to learn it. Yeah. And you have to unlearn the other stuff. Yeah. That's the hardest part. (laughs) That's the hardest part. Like I'm 45, like unlearning that it's not okay to 
sometimes, you know, whatever you do in one place in your life, I always say this, you do it in other places. So I might not be passive aggressive with my children. Something happens with my husband. Now I'm like my mother. Okay, I'm not going to talk to you until, you know, I'm going to punish you. Right. And that's the opposite of my intention. My intention is to be in connection with you, right. but I have no other resource. So I'm going to go to what I know, which is why I think it's important for us to unlearn behaviors. And it's important for us to really think about what is it that I want in this relationship? And then what do I want in this interaction? It's exhausting to do. Well, I was just going to say that. <laughs> I was listening to you and I'm thinking to myself. Like, wow, that's a lot. That's exhausting. It it's is exhausting. So where do we get started? How do we get Wait. started? Like, what could be one thing, right? Because you're at home. Okay, so I'll just use me, for example. I'm at home. I'm working from home. I right. have two seven-year-olds, a boy and a girl. The dynamics between that is like off the chain, okay? <laughs> and then and then they're distant learning from home, right? Mm-hmm. And so I have to support that process. And so not only do I feel like crap because (laughs) I didn't print out that piece of paper I was supposed to print out. (laughs) Right. Like you're the teacher assistant, right? I'm the teacher assistant. Oh, sure. Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) Right. So now on top of, you know, the fact that I feel so bad that, you know, my kids are going to my husband's like, they'll be fine, you know? Right. They haven't been around their friends that we haven't, you know, that I have to go for a walk. I have to get, what am I supposed to, you know, it's all this kind of set up stuff. And he's like, they're fine. They go in the backyard, they run around, you know, they're more resilient than you are. That's your stuff. And so it's been a process, but how do we, how can I, you know, really take the first step in creating a more intentional relationship after the fact that I'm exhausted and tired from just my day, like at seven o'clock, I'm done. So two things. The first thing is, you know, let's go back to the very beginning, like when we were speaking. If you are exhausted and tired, there is no way you can carry out intentionality. That's the truth. It just is your your body cannot be fully present. Your brain cannot be fully present. I say to parents, you know, self-care is important. And, you know, there's so many things out there like self-care, self-care, self-care. I'm not talking about that. No no disrespect to any of it. I'm talking about what does Aisa need? What does Marie need right now? Sometimes if I just sit down and have a cup of tea by myself, I can meet you fully present in five minutes. So if you are on the, I'm so against screen time, Mari spends at least three to four hours on the screen in school. Right. And then by the way, when I need a break, I give myself the grace and space. Go watch it, my little pony. <laughs> like grace I, and space, girl. Grace and space. Because I yeah. want to, it's better for me to have five good minutes with mm-hmm. you than to have an hour of me kind of talking to you a little off, a little resentful. I don't want to be in a relationship where spending time with you, I feel resentful because I haven't taken care of myself. That's right. Um, so I have definitely learned that self-care is about grace and space. All this stuff that we make up, they're the, the stories of the world. This idea That's of right. Like, Oh, girl, you better talk about it. I say it to my clients. We do. Like, I'm not talking about self care, like going to get a mani and a penny. No, I'm talking about what do you need? And sometimes we don't even know what we need because we have so many other stories. So, like, do I need to get a mani pedi? That's what my girlfriend did. Oh, the article said that I should meditate. 
that might be for you, it might not be for you. Right. What do you need? Sit with yourself, figure it out. Like I said, tea for me, I need tea in five minutes and then I could be a better present person. So that's one. The other thing is releasing some of this guilt, which is one of the most useless emotions in the world. I've yes. only recently learned that, even though, you know, this morning I felt like, I know it's cold, but shouldn't we take them outside? She's been in all week. That's a story I made up. Mari's going to be just fine. Marcus is, everyone is going to be just fine. I think this goes back to your point and yeah. not, like you said, not to exclude dads, but they do not carry, especially and this is no offense to anyone else, but black and brown women especially carry this kind of, I need to be strong. I need to get everything done. And the reality is I need to be present right in this moment. And in this moment, if I want to sit in my bed and read a book or, you know, go take a nap, I used to think it was a sign of weakness to take a nap. Your body is tired. Take a nap. That's you know? right. That's right. Um, I so, so agree with that. That's so key. I remember, you know, prior to having children, um, my girlfriend, I would go over to her home and we'd meet up probably once a week. And um, she had just had a baby and I went to support her. And I said, what do you, what can I do? What, what do you need? She goes, I just need to sit down for five minutes. And I was like, that's it. You just don't, want else. You don't want, she's like, no, I just want to go to the living room and just sit down and just breathe for five minutes. And I remember thinking about that, like prior to kids, like, well, she should go and go do what she needs to do. Like yeah, she yeah. needs to go and do something. Like do something. And so now I totally understand. I just want five minutes, you know, part of I've said this multiple times, but part of this story for me, this healing of this um, kind of gathering, as I say, of Aisa, so to speak, and kind of pulling myself together and relearning who I am after being a mother, or after having children, I should say, has a lot to do with this podcast, because right now the kids have created a sign that hangs from the hallway prior to coming into this space that has a big fat circle on it and a line through it and then the word recording. And so they made that sign and made so that they know that mom is recording. So they have to tiptoe because the restroom is over here. They have to tiptoe to the bathroom. And then that I have some space to have a conversation because this is my self-care time, you know, to be able to connect with another woman, another person and have a conversation, you know, and not feel so removed or disconnected from my community in some way, shape or form. And so I love what you said about that sense of self-care because it's so crucial. And to redefine that, to sit with yourself, to really see what is that? Yeah. Nobody really can tell you people can help you to explore that. But what is actual self care? So I'm so grateful that you said that. So, so perfect. So sitting down and just being and just being oh. and, and sometimes that, that looks a little gross, too. I'm sure you know, it's like, oh, what? I don't know myself. I've been here 45 years. I don't know myself. Mm-hmm. You know, part of this idea of self care is releasing the judgment. behind everything that we do everything you know I should have done that why didn't I do it it could have been better why am I taking a break and to release the judgment because another it's just not serving anything but to be like you said to just be is is something that we all really have to try I'm gonna try and be with myself until it's over um and I probably still won't know myself you know completely so but in terms of relationship with children 
So after you've practiced some of this, like, what do I need? You can be more present. And I think when you are present, full body, mind, and spirit, that's when you can be intentional. So, you know, we're playing dolls or whatever it is, right? If I am not fully present, I'm like, yeah, oh, you know, dolls here or whatever. When I'm fully present, I actually enjoy the interaction, you know, and and I can say, oh, wait a minute. This is a, you know, like maybe she needed to know this about me. How to work this out. through How to work this out. Mm -hmm. And I can be fully present. Or, you know, if I'm annoyed and I haven't taken care of myself, I'm talking to Marissa and I'm kind of like talking to her like this. And, <laughs> th- 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 and that's not, by the Go way. Go to the YouTube I- channel so you see exactly what, I mean, you probably <laughs> already know what it looks like. Those of you who are listening, but yeah, it's that kind of like, yeah, shoulders, like yeah. shoulders up. My f- And yeah. if I think intentionally, I don't want anyone to ever speak to you like that. But this is what I'm giving you. That's so right. when you when you are in relationship with someone else, you are accepting it because this is ouch, ouch, Marie. Ouch. Listen, I'm talking about myself. I know, but it's so it's, it's so, so hard. It's but so that's true. why yeah. I think you, we have to show up. Yeah, all body, have, mind, and spirit. And we have to have this conversation about yeah. like you don't want anybody talking to your daughter like that. You don't want anybody talking to your son like that. Yet we show up talking to our children like that. And then we ask ourselves like, you know, what do you mean? You, you allowed him, you allowed her. And they've learned it. They've learned it from us. And you're just like, and so, yeah. Is it okay to come to that realization and change the behavior? Of course. From a fear perspective, right? Like, I don't want that. Right. Because I think, You'll start with fear, right? Yeah. But it will then turn. The more interactions of authentic kind of where I am and saying where you are, you know, part of it is that we're not taught that we should talk about our feelings with our children. So we are not in a space to say like, you know, I'm afraid or, you know, like I'm just, I'm worried for you or this makes me sad it's very seldom that, you know, I was ever encountered with mm-hmm. those emotions mm-hmm. as a child. It was just anger. Right. Um, and sometimes we, the power struggle, which doesn't exist, right? Because you're the parent already, but the power struggle forces us to kind of square up. I'm going to square up with you. I'm not squaring up with you. So it's hard to do, but I have learned to say like, I'm really uh, like one, I'm really sorry if I was squaring up, but I want to tell you it's because I'm really scared. I'm afraid that this is what, you know, is going to happen, or I don't really understand. Can you help me understand more? I will, you know, when we get to the core of relationships, any relationships, it is that I want to better understand you so I can support you. I want you to better understand me authentically so you can support me. And that should be the truth in a parent-child relationship, but we never think of it like that. It's like, I'm in charge. You're in charge by default. What do you got to say? You know, like, because there's there's a level of being threatened in this position because you're not secure in who you, you know, like it comes, it really just comes back to us, you know? Yeah. I have been seeing this act out. You know, I've been seeing it play out in the dynamics between the male and the female with my son and daughter, Mm -hmm. how they interact with each other based Mm -hmm. on how, as parents, we interact with them. Not how Walter and I interact, but how I interact with him Mm 
Yeah. And he interacts with her. And it's so crazy. I'm like, Jesus Christ, please help me here. You know, because it's <laughs> so, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. What is going on? And how can, because she is so strong. Like she comes across and she goes, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. No, 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 no. She doesn't even let him talk. And right. I'm like, that is what we do to them. Right. You know, <laughs> what? I'm like, you know, don't talk over me, you know, and it's just like, Oh, my gosh. So, you know, this what you said about just really (laughs) such a powerful conversation here, guys, you know, what you said about really just being intentional about it, and then understanding that if you don't want that type of relationship, you don't want that conversation to happen with anyone else towards your children or with your children, then you shouldn't be having it with them. Yeah, that expression, that energy that's behind it. Now, particularly what you're saying, like, we've already spoken about X, Y, and Z. This is not what I want you to do. I need you to make another choice. It's not the content per se, but it's you're saying it's coming from the energetic place from the place of how we are, are showing up for them and with them with the contents with that information. And it's, it's, I believe a habit. And it's a learned habit. It's, it's an, a learned, absolutely. And then un, unlearning is harder than learning. Mm. So with that in mind, then we have to really start with the unlearning of ourselves so that they can learn, right? You know, 21 days to make a habit, right? If you have been doing this 40, 50 years, like then it's going to take you a while, right? To unlearn something you've practiced so long. But we have the space now with our children for them to learn so that they don't have to unlearn. It's it's semantics, but it's it's really very different to learn something and to unlearn something completely different, completely different energy. And it's not to say that every single, you know, our friends call us the Huxables, not the Cosbys anymore, because we all know. (laughs) Uh, We all know. But they, they, you know, a lot of our friends and I say, well, just so you know, the reason like you can call us the Huxables, but every single week they had a problem they had to solve. That really is my life. It's not like I've got something figured out. It is that, okay, we're going back to the drawing board. I'm going to start over. Some days, am I like snapping and like, you lying, dude? Last, oh, last night, I said to Mar, I said, we're in the middle of praying and she's going back and forth with Marcus, with Marissa as usual. And I said, well, you're going to stop because you're going to stop. And I said it like, just like we're in the middle of praying, like what? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know, then I had to kind of circle back and like, okay, you know, I must, I'm sorry. I'm really tired. That's not really how I wanted to speak to you. I don't want you going to bed thinking, you know, this, like, this is how people should talk to you. Yeah. To you. As we come to a close, I really want to talk about this topic in regards to empathy and how we are raising children to be more empathetic. And more because there has been a conflict that the more space, nurturing support you give children, the less they are able to organize or make choices 
in life that are empathetic. So basically, like, you know, there's this whole concept, like, we're here where we're at, because there was no discipline, the generation before us did, you know, just, you know, they basically let their kids do whatever they want. And when I was growing up, I got, you know, we got in trouble, we got hit, we were punished, we were, you know, now, there's this whole movement and difference. And so there's been a change and an influx. But I want to talk about that, because I think that's really important when you say like, you know, apologizing to children or sharing your feelings to children that it can create in some people's minds this mentality of like, okay, so then where does the discipline come in? When do children have, do you believe that children should have a little bit of fear of their parents? And do you believe that the empathy is created based on the way that we nurture them and we raise them? So people will come to me with like these issues and I have at least 50% not come back because of this kind of divide. Like, wait a minute, what do you mean that what's the discipline look like? And what are the punishments and what are the, and I actually really, I wholeheartedly believe in relationship. Relationship is what causes you to behave the way that you behave in life, right? All your relationships. And this is the most crucial one. And if we think about, you know, this idea of discipline, The purpose of discipline is so that you can really, you're setting your kids up so that they really can kind of fulfill their life's purpose, that they are able to function in society and all these wonderful things, right? But I believe that if you have a relationship grounded in mutual respect, which is not something that I grew up with, you are making the choices out of the respect for our relationship. Not out of fear. Not out of fear. My children, unfortunately, sometimes I wish they did fear me. You know, like I say something and it's like, okay. And then I have to have like a real conversation. And then I say, you know, we don't like to say this, but I'll say this, that hurt my feelings. Because we we are really working on our relationship. When I say that hurt my feelings, that is more powerful than me yelling at them. Because they don't really want to hurt my feelings. Just like if they were to say to me, that will stop me in my tracks. When my children say that hurt my feelings, I am docile like a little lamb because now I want to figure out how do I not do this again? So if we want to, our thing is like, as parents, we we have this power and we want to make sure that we're the authoritarian and we want to make sure they do what we want them to do. You want them to do whatever it is, create the relationship that is, I'm not going to disappoint you. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to hurt your feelings. It's very different. You know, and yeah. and we can talk about it. And it doesn't mean that, you know, they don't do things to disappoint you or I'm not like flying off the handle sometimes. But then we come back together and then we talk about it. And there are, are consequences. Of course, there right. are consequences. Sometimes the consequences is self-inflicted. You know, like these kids are like, oh, I can't believe I did this. I'm not going to do this. I have had um, mm-hmm. Marcus say to me, this is maybe a couple of years ago. I'm just not going to use technology for a month. I didn't even have to say it. But because we were so very connected at that moment, Mm -hmm. and I said, no, I'm really hurt that, you know, like, I don't know, he sneaked his Game Boy or something. I don't know. That he was able to say, I didn't mean to do that. You know what? It doesn't always work out that way. But you want to grow a humanity of empathy. We got to show it. We got to give it. You know, and empathetic is not saying you're going to do what I'm said you're going to do. And too bad, so sad, which I heard often growing up. That's not empathy. 
But if I can show you empathy, if I can model it, if we can be in a, in a relationship where you're practicing empathy, I'm practicing empathy, then when they get to their next relationships, they are going to practice empathy. I've heard this debate many times. A good film for your folks to watch in, and you know, and it's going to seem bizarre, is Won't You Be My Neighbor? And that's the story of Fred Rogers. Yes. Actually, yeah. Yes. And he talks a lot about this from the idea of nurturing children, growing them up to be like the human race. Mm -hmm. um, so I think like mm -hmm. I, I played for all my courses. Uh, so I think sure. it's, it's important. Yeah. It's a wonderful, it's not conflict. <laughs> no, but it's a wonderful way to be able to explain that, that it's about the relationship and mm -hmm. building empathy is really about showing them how that works. And so it's not like you're going to sh tell them to shut their feelings off, to not cry when they're really upset, right. to, you know, do all these things that, you know, I would hear that all the time. I don't want to hear you crying, <laughs> you know, and so you what do you do with those emotions? So you learn there's a learned behavior that comes forth from it, which doesn't really create an empathetic generation. And that's essentially what we're trying to do, because we do have whether you are, you know, if you birthed or you're a mother or you are an elder in the community or you're in community with other children and other people, there's a sense that we have a responsibility to really show up authentically for yeah. our children and the, and the next generation. And so I love that piece of it, this relationship building piece. And I'm so grateful that we had this conversation. It's helped me so much, Marie. And so I want to know what you're doing so other people can tap into that and know what workshops you're doing. And I hope you do them forever because <laughs> I want to be a part of them forever. Tell us. So we're wrapping up um, in the beginning of the year. I always do something like uh, goal setting. So we did a past, present, uh, tomorrow's future. This kind of looking at our parenting habits and are they really effective and do they really align with these goals of building relationship when you said you know this idea of like what you heard I thought about like I'm going to give you something to cry about yeah. I don't think I ever really want to give my kids something to cry about but right. um it's something that you know I have said just because it was part of my story so um we're, do we're doing that um I'm partnering with Strong Children Wellness which is a pediatrician's just to kind of help parents navigate the pandemic. That's my next series. Even though it's a year later, we're still struggling. Yeah, I'm still struggling. struggling. Yeah, yeah, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, which by the way, also adds this extra layer of trauma to yeah. all of us, whether we acknowledge it or not. That's right. So I'm going to be doing that. That's in February. I'm going to do a, a very short one-time workshop on literacy and language for parents who you know, they're at home with their youngsters who are like, okay, well, how can I get my kid interested in reading? They're on the screen all day. So all of that stuff will be posted. And I'm excited to, uh, I work at Brooklyn College, but I'm really excited to start some research in terms of looking at how Black and brown educators respond to Black and brown children and the fact that we even have to think about it. Yeah, so I'm excited to, to partner with- yeah, lots of good stuff. Uh, I have it on the website, stampofapprovalservices.com. Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at, at stampofapprovalservices. My daughter manages this because I'm old. Of course. Um, of course. <laughs> and I'm on Facebook, Stamp of Approval Services. But uh, all, all that stuff is posted. Um, but I want to thank you for, so, you know, I didn't know you were doing a podcast until you asked. And then I started like listening to these 
like I started listening to them. I'm, I think I'm like halfway through and I'm like, how impactful. And like some of your other guests, as I'm speaking, I am now like really thinking about things and making a shift even in this conversation. So this is a great space for grace for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can't wait to see who else you have on. And, I know um, I'm excited too. And yeah, I'm just so, you know, the conversations are really stemming from what I hear within my community and my sphere of influence of people and what it is that I particularly need, you know, to be able to have and to continue the conversation. We can't really gather around the kitchen table. Yeah, and This is really like my kitchen table now because we're so isolated in so many respects, yeah. you know, and so this has been really a great platform to be able to continue the conversation of healing and recovery from trauma. And I'm so grateful that as a parent coach, you offer services individually to families, yeah. correct? And yeah, so well, everything, everything is going to be in the show notes. If you want to reach out to Marie, she's fantastic. And I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Aisa. Thank you so much to Marie Stamps. I am so excited to have her back. I, I mean, as soon as we ended, I was like, can you come back, please? Because I really feel like this is a topic that we need to pay attention to. We really need to support each other and really uncovering what we need to do as parents to shift and pivot during what is now the new normal. How do we do that and what that looks like? So I'm grateful to Marie. Please be sure to catch her show notes. I mean, her information in the show notes. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Check me out at gift2shift.com and we'll talk next week. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.